We had some dandy matches. The Crusher never was a great technically skilled wrestler, but he was tougher than nails and a brawler. He could bench press nearly 600 pounds, and he loved to have fun. After a match, he couldn't get a beer in his hands fast enough. Hello, and welcome to episode 264 of Under the Cull of MS. If you didn't catch it, that quote was from the Crusher. We're talking about the Crusher, who was a great wrestler back in the day, in the early days of wrestling. And he came out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We'll be talking about him a little bit more in the podcast. But other than that, today is kind of going to be like a normal Tuesday-Thursday episode with some comics, maybe some health-related stuff, maybe some oddball stuff. We're definitely going to be talking about a little wrestling after the comics, but we're going to start out with comics, and we'll see where it goes from there, because I never lay this stuff out. I just do it, and hopefully it is worth listening to. If not, I'm sorry, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's basically to keep my cognitive issues going so my brain doesn't give up working because of multiple sclerosis. So We're going to start out with the first issue that we're going to talk about is a DC Black Label comic called Batman Reptilian, number four. This is by Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp. I think this is the last issue I have pre-ordered. Or I've gotten. I'm hoping that it's the last issue that I ever get. I don't want anything beyond this. We do get Batman talking to the lizard in here. And we get to find out. Finally. What the heck. Is causing all the problems in Gotham City. What is eating all the. Bad guys. That have disappeared like the Joker and the Penguin. And a variety of characters that just disappeared. Poison Ivy I believe you had lost in the early episodes. But in here Batman finds the lizard. And sees that the lizard has is feeling sick. Having some problems. Doesn't remember a lot of things. And he's got a huge growth kind of growing off him. So Batman, the nice guy he is, decides to cut the sack from the lizard and help relieve some of his pain and kind of go over with the lizard what he has come, what Batman has come up with for a concept of what has been going on and what he found out from his little test that he took from odors that were around people, from blood tests and all that stuff. and I don't want to give none of it away because pretty much anything I say is going to ruin this issue. So, I mean, I, it's a decent story. I just, for some reason, I cannot stand this artwork. I hate The dark painted style, the dark painted form that they do in here, it's just not my cup of tea. I and mean, if it if the artwork was tight 
or a different type. And you could could have done it a lot of different ways. I just, I don't know. I'm just not into the painted visuals for my books. I don't want that, that art style in there. It's just not catching me, not grabbing me. Not saying anything bad about it. Other than that, I'm not just not thrilled with the artwork. Other than that, it's got an interesting storyline going on here. Uh, fans of Batman, DC Comics, I'm sure, will be into this. I just, I've kind of fallen away from DC Comics, but I've been slowly pulled back recently with a lot of titles that they've been coming up with and this was one of them that's why i figured i'd check it out and i've been really enjoying the dc black label comics that i've been picking up uh normal dc not so much not really jumping on many of them but i have been jumping on a lot of the dc black label ones and there there's more to come in the very near future of issue ones of new runs that I picked up. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's like the Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, the whole uh, Eat, Bang, Kill tour. That comic, I think, is a lot of fun. That's just an animated style. Nothing big, nothing that, nothing fancy or anything. So it's, it's not like I'm totally against them. I just... I have issues with certain styles of form, art, writing, all that. It's like, I got my choices. I got things I like. You don't have to like what I like, and I don't expect you to. I want you to be yourself. I want you to be an individual. So, <laughs> so if you like it, that's great. And that's what they're there for, is to catch someone's eye and get them in the comics keep them in the comics then i picked up in a in a bargain box i seen the ferret number one which i don't think i have i think i got like number two or number three on but i think i'm missing like number one and number two so i seen this and i figured what the heck now i could finally read the first issue and get caught up on it this is fun interesting the ferret characters doesn't really have anything fancy in his uh repertoire <laughs> i think he's basically more uh speed and agility and that's about it he's got little claw hands when he's all suited up and stuff but i'm not seeing any and he might have um well he has to have some extra strength just because some of the things he does and here like holding a Holding a baddie over the side of a building with one hand by the throat. And it takes a lot to keep him straight out from you like that. But you see him dealing with some thugs, some thieves, some baddies along the way. And then we see a hospital where a couple of the hospital workers realize they haven't been paying attention to their patients. And a iv bag just happened to dry itself up and the poor person or whatever on the other end wasn't getting what they were supposed to they were basically sucking air in their veins which isn't a good thing that could kill you 
but I'm sure they got some type of regulator to stop all that from happening and shit when the medical staff is too busy flirting with each other or whatever they're doing, fooling around in a closet down the, down the hall or something like that. I've dealt with that myself in the past, laying on a hospital bed in severe pain, and the nurse comes in, and she's like, oh, I'm not going to be back for probably an hour or so because I got some things to do, wink, wink. I'm sure she did. And so what does she do? She gives me a vial full of morphine that's like three, four times bigger than it was would normally be just so it would last longer, even though the, I told them over and over the morphine wasn't doing anything. But in, instead of listening to me, they treat you like you're a drug addict or something. It's like I just don't want the morphine anymore. If I was a drug addict, I'd beg you to keep pumping me full of morphine. But and I just quit. Let me deal with my pain without giving me an extra needle poke every now and then. But, uh, yeah, we get this character that was hooked up to the IV bag. That all of a sudden comes alive out of a coma. And it happens to be some big green skin lizard type character. And he is mind controlled into being told that he needs to go find and kill the ferret. And the ferret in his normal character form just happens to be at a venue. A concert venue. A bar or whatever. Playing in a band. And their band's playing, and he's flirting with a woman, and this creature just breaks in and starts looking for the ferret, and all kinds of things happen through it from there. And some pretty intense stuff happens along the way. But like I said, this is issue number one, so. I'm not sure where it's going to go from here. I'm hoping I can relatively soon find my pile of ferret comics that I have somewhere. If only I had my own house, I could have a nice room that was all alphabetized and organized. But instead, my stuff's just all over in boxes and stuff that I got to figure that are unmarked that I got to figure out stuff as I go. That's why I'm just grabbing a stack at a time and just going through it and reading and seeing what I like and getting rid of what I don't. But speaking of what I like, we got Usagi Yojimbo, the Dragon Bell Conspiracy number four. I believe this is a six-issue run. So we're coming up to the end of this. I was thinking originally that it was a two-issue run, but this is still going, so it's got to be a six-issue. But as usual, it's a good, well done, Usagi Yojimbo comic where Usagi's got to go on a mission and he deals with some elements like a giant dragon and he has some visions that gets him thinking about certain things and he happens to go through some stuff. And things happen to him, and when he wakes up, he just so happens to be in the same room as Shingen. Shingen is the cat ninja that 
Usagi Yojimbo was fighting with in the last episode, who thought that Usagi killed his ninja friends and clan and refused to listen to Usagi and just kept trying to kill Usagi. And here, all of a sudden, Shinjin's just sitting there cooking a meal over a fire while Usagi's just laying there knocked out. And when he comes to, he's like, Oh, why didn't you kill me and stuff? And He's like, well, I found out from someone that you were telling the truth and you weren't the one that killed my clan. And So they team up to deal with the issues at hand and the clan that's being bad. And while this is all going on, Spot, the little dinosaur character that hangs out with Zato Eno, the blind pig swordsman uh, ran to Usagi to tell him, try and get Usagi's attention and Usagi comes and follows him to see what's up with a little dino character and while this is happening we have uh, the rhino character that is sometimes a friend of Usagi's and sometimes sometimes trying to kill Usagi. <laughs> it all depends if there's any money involved. So uh, you can usually find him doing those types of things. So while we're doing this, we happen to uh, see these characters battling and Isaji comes with the ninja clan and runs into these characters and some things happen and a variety of things are being planned for the next episode and it's going to be a nice nice big layout I think coming up here with the last two issues if it is the last two issues but we will just have to see what happens from it. But I am loving everything you saw to your Jimbo, as I always have. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the rest of this run. And if they're going to do another side run after this or what's going to happen, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, it's a lot of fun as usual. Check it out, Yusaji Ujimbo, Dragon Bell Conspiracy, number four from IDW and Stan Sakai. Lots and lots of fun, simple, easy reads, which sadly can be too quick, <laughs> but they're still fun. Now we checked out Vampirella number 24 from Dynamite. In this, we find out that Vampirella is protecting this child that she's come across that may or may not be Dracula in the future. He may have gotten some type of blood virus that has been going around infecting people along the way, and Vampirella has been taking out a lot of those characters. But we have this weird, homeless-looking wander just wandering through the streets and 
he's got like magical powers, mind control powers and stuff like that. And just walk through people. And by the time he's already gone, they're sitting there shooting into the netherland, netherworld and wherever they're just shooting their guns off or their weapons off and thinking they're shooting him, but he's already gone on his way. We get to see a group of vampire hunters type kids that Vampirella comes across and we get to see what she has to deal with. We get a variety of a group of nuns that come in to take out Vampirella again, the watcher nuns that are always sitting there waiting for Vampirella to turn bad just so they got an excuse to kill her. But when she's not bad, then they work with her just hide in the shadows and make sure that she does what they hope for her to do, which they should be doing, protecting the innocent. But you know how it is when it comes to those Catholics. You never know which direction they're going to go. As long as they're protecting themselves, that's all that matters. (laughs) I've grown up with a lot of that in my life and... Never realized such selfish people as the people that are on me and pushing me into the church and trying to get me back to my roots. And it's like every time I sit down with them, it's like, really, you care that much about yourself and so little about everybody else? It's like, <laughs> don't you want to help people instead of trying to be better than other people? trying to have more money than other people, trying to have more toys than other people. Just a really sad, sad world that revolves itself around religion and death and everything else, corruption. But we get to see Amparella dealing with this new love of her life, this child that she wants to protect and what she does to try and protect them and what she does to try and keep him alive and try and keep herself alive while everybody else is trying to kill her because she's got the end of the world in her hands with this child that people believe is the future end of the world. So, But yeah, as always, still loving my Vampirella. She's always done well in my eyes with all her storylines. Now we got the last Ronin, issue four. So, now this one, I think there is a gap, or I'm missing one. I got to look in my files. Not sure where I left off. I thought maybe I only read the first two, but I might have read the third one. But, I thought this was going to be a four-issue run, but obviously not because it's still going on beyond this. Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom Waltz do this together with IDW. But we know that Mikey is the last Ronin. They Gave us that information. We kind of figured that out from issue one, but didn't really want to say anything until they they brought it out. We got April and her and Casey's daughter. That We get to see her doing some training with Mikey. 
which is fun. We get to see them dealing with a battle that they have to deal with. We get to see... We get to find out some secrets that we didn't know about before, and sadly, we get to find out what happened to Shredder and the other three brothers, which we have been waiting to find out. I haven't been reading the ongoing, so I don't, I'm assuming it was probably all br- brought up in there in some some other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reference, but. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. You got to read the book to find out. But we do get that storyline in here and find out what happened. Mikey goes on an adventure searching for everybody to find out some more information about it. Uh, They end up having to deal with... uh, Oh, what's his name? The one character that... Makes all the weird robotic items and stuff. Uh, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Mm, uh, whatever. I give up. But he's causing problems as usual. Sending off a lot of his robotic things. Has his own island type hideaway. Where he has everything basically controlled by AI units and stuff to take out anything that tries to trespass on his property. And when Mikey and the military and April and her daughter... All these characters get together and try and get into the uh, I got Stockman, is that it? I think that might be it. Into Stockman's lair. Lots of things go wrong, lots of things happen. And they gotta change up their plans a little bit and deal with it. But but yeah. We get to find a lot and find out a lot in this issue. This is probably the biggest issue that gave us the most information so far. So that was nice to get that out of there. And then I picked up the final one I'm going to talk about. I know there's a lot of them that I've been talking about lately because I just, I don't know, I, every night I take about an hour to do some mindless reading and I just been getting through a lot of comics lately for some reason, so. But I picked up Shudder, the collector's edition, December 20, 2021, issue number one. This is fun. If you know anything about Shudder, it's basically the old, uh, like the EC style comics. It gives you all those, uh, a bunch of little stories thrown together. In comic form. I'll give you a little synopsis from the ghoul. The Shudder ghoul. That Aunt Aunt Shudder. Old Aunt Shudder. Welcome to the first great collector's edition of Shudder Magazine. Your old Aunt Shudder here. 
and I'll be your host as you journey through these terror-filled pages. Inside, you will find all new work from the greatest horror comic artist and writers in the history of Monsterdom. I've scoured the globe for the world's top talent to bring you the kinds of terror tales that haven't been seen for nearly 50 years, presented in the classic style of the best black-and-white illustrated horror comic magazines of the 1960s and 70s. Shudder is dedicated to preserving the style of horror comics that were being created at the height of the genre, when realism ruled and dark, moody illustrations brought the world of monsters, creatures, and things that go bump in the night to life. Now, enter my world. It's guaranteed to make you shudder. Uh, first story in here is called Das Frankenstein Corpse. We get to see a group of uh, Nazi characters patching together dead soldiers and returning them to the battlefield because they got some type of Frankenstein virus thing. You get to see what happens with them. All these stories, as usual, have a nice little flip in them. You have Hellship, where a man seeking his lost brother is shanghaied by an evil ship captain, but has a wild secret. We have exhum vetting, whereas where Henry Starsky has died and left his millions to charity, but Brother Ben wants every cent. Greedy little prick. <laughs> we got the legacy of the vampire, where Dr. Van Helsing's protege and his partners stalk vampires in a European mansion. We got a voodoo moon. Where Colonel Scorzeni hunts for blood diamonds and murders those who won't cooperate. There's BEM, B.E.M, where Pink's an alien being discovers discovered floating in space becomes a television star on Earth. And then we have When I Was Dead, the first old aunt shutters. Decrepit classic is an 1896 terror tale by Vincent O'Sullivan. But yeah, this is a lot of fun. There's a lot of little advertisements in here where you can pick up a lot of old, old style reprints of old magazines, the Monster Bash and stuff like that. Uh, and back issues of Scary Monster magazines. Just a variety of different fun ones. And get those old black and white comics and the special covers and all that stuff that are gone in times past. But yeah, and they actually got decent prices on it. You can get a bunch of them for only a few bucks a piece. Whereas nowadays you pay almost 10 bucks for a magazine. But that's it for the comics. Uh... Trying to think, I get. I kind of got myself in a pickle right now, man. I just got a ton of different. I got too many uh, sticks in the fire, 
I had too many things going on at once right now. It's I open my mouth to a couple people, a couple different things that I'm part of with ideas. And now I got extra work lined up because of that. So I got to try and get everything organized and fit together. And I just, I am way behind. We got our 200th episode of Crimson Call Comic Club. Coming up this weekend, we're going to have a group of people, that, hopefully a group of people that are getting together live. I won't be able to do it because I got things I got to do around here. So I'm going to have to be around here and be on the video. But I got a couple things planned for it. I'll hopefully, hopefully make it fun. Uh, I just got to get everything worked out today because I do not have myself organized at all. And I got to find some things and look up some stuff. But, but yeah. So check that out this weekend. Crimson Call Comic Club. I want to say... And you can catch it on your audio platforms, your podcasting platforms. We're on most of them. Uh, but uh, as far as the video version, I don't know if we're going to ever get get that going or not. So we're w- way behind on video version releases for some reason. So hopefully you guys get to see those someday, but I'm not making no promises, but. That's it for now. I'm going to end this portion, and then I'll get right back to you after this with some more stuff. Okay, at the beginning of the podcast, I did a Crusher quote, well, a quote about the Crusher. If you don't know Crusher the Wrestler, his real name is Reginald Lizowski. Was born July 11th, 1926, and sadly passed away October 22nd, 2005. He was an American professional wrestler who is better known by his ring name, the Crusher. Sometimes Crusher Lazowski, to distinguish him from other Crushers, such as Crusher Blackwell. In his obituary, the Washington Post described him as a professional wrestler whose blue-collar bonafides him bonafides made him beloved among working-class fans for 40 years. He was most successful in the American Midwest, often teaming with Dick the Bruiser. I happened to meet the Crusher when I was a little kid in Milwaukee. We got to see him. Baron Von Raschke the Claw, who put his hand around my whole face and head. <laughs> his hands were monsters. And, but he did that cr- crusher thing where he just grabbed hold of the top of your head and just crush your skull was with one hand. And there were some other wrestlers there, including Ken Patera. I believe it was right within months before the whole incident where Ken Patera broke up i believe it was like a burger king or something like that some type of fast food restaurant like threw threw something through the front window and got in all kinds of trouble and arrested and there's all kinds of things that happened with it back in the day but yeah i had to meet those three were three of my favorites i got to meet uh, the only ones i really remember from that group uh back in the day I believe it was a signing, too, because I used to have a 
signature book where I collected all kinds of sports related signatures and anybody I could get signatures from. I had all the brewers over the days, Packers, uh, wrestlers, anything I could get my hands on. And of course, my book just disappeared over the years. Found a couple of my boxes in the attic when I moved back here, but not not having any luck with any of that fun stuff yet. So hopefully someday I'll come across it, but I'm sure it's gone. It's just a notepad, so it probably just got tossed. But Zowski was born on July 11th, 1926, raised in Milwaukee, suburb, the suburb of South Milwaukee. Uh, early on, he was more interested in football, but that didn't take. So he was stationed in Germany in the military with the U.S. United States Army, uh, but took up wrestling anyways. And we got to see him with a lot of great wrestlers over the years, like Harley Race, and Larry Henning, uh, AWA, WWA, NWA, all those factions he was part of. But, yeah, that was a Vern Gagne, Baron Von Raschke, Jerry Blackwell, and there were just so many people that were fun to watch back in those days. Bruno San Martino, Billy Jack Hayes, Ken Patera, and just Mad Dog Bashan. He was another character that I met. He was <laughs> when you're a little itty bitty kid and you meet Mad Dog. That guy will scare shit out of you. <laughs> Mr. Fuji. And just on and on. There's lots of great wrestlers that he worked with over the years. But sadly, he passed, but he, did, he lived a good long life. He made it almost to 80, so that's pretty good, for, especially for back in those days. Uh, but, but yeah, they have a thing going on this weekend. It starts today. The, on, the weekend-long event starts today, but they yesterday they had a brat ball or brought brawl with a raffle, some crusher matches, a bunch of stuff you could order and get yourself Polish sausage, potato salad, and a beer. But then tonight they got Tales from the Ring featuring and that some people that are going to be there live talking about the crushers, uh, Eric Bischoff, Medusa, Greg Gagne, Jumpin' Jim Bronzel. <laughs> Used to love those, watching those two. Tag up, uh, Kenny J, and then they're gonna do a memorial thing tonight for that. You can find out more about this on thecrusher.org, and you'll find the whole lineup and everything like that going on tomorrow on Saturday. This is all happening in Milwaukee. Uh, this is a year, the second year of it, I believe. Uh, there's some. They got this, they got polka bands, <laughs> which is a thing around Wisconsin. Uh, Eric Bischoff and Medusa are doing some signings tomorrow. So is uh, Jumpin' Jim Bronzel, Greg Gagne, and Kenny J. And there's gonna be a the Crusher is gonna get inducted into the Minnesota Hall of Fame tomorrow. 
Larry Lynn Band's playing. GLCW slash MIAW Crusher Fest, Fest Bolo Bear Down. That's some type of wrestling thing going on. There's a live uh, podcast going on tonight at like 8 o'clock. I don't know, 5 o'clock it looks like. Uh, Blues Addiction's playing. The November Criminals are playing. They got all kinds of food that you can check out. And on Sunday, they're doing a poker band again. They're going to have a Packer game on the big screen and a Mr. Saloon contest with Crusher trivia, keg holding, the throw the drunk contest, the sausage eating contest, a beer drinking contest. All the things that the Crusher would love to join in on. So, Other things they got going on. They got the Squeezettes on Sunday night. The David Quinn Band. There's popcorn. There's brats. There's pulled pork. There's deep fried shit. There's arts and crafts. Homemade products. All kinds of vendors. FM 102.1 will be out there. Uh, giveaways. All kinds of things happening, but yeah, if you're in Wisconsin, you want to have some fun, go check out the Crusher Fest this weekend. So, I sadly can't make it. I said last year that I wanted to go to the next one if they did have one, and of course, I'm not making it. <laughs> but who knows what Sunday will? Well, no, it won't because there's a Comic Con. Uh, on Sunday in West Bend, Wisconsin, if you want uh, to go to a comic show, they have uh, Cowabunga Fest just outside of West Bend, Wisconsin. So look that up if you're interested in checking that out, too. But let's get on to a little bit of health stuff, a little bit of MS talk or whatever. got to have some type of health segment in here to end it. After all, this is a MS and comics podcast, so let's focus on the things we do. And if you're a wrestler, you may have to deal with a lot of shit like fatigue, like we do with multiple sclerosis, especially if you're beating your body constantly. But uh, see what we can do to try and fix our issues with fatigue complications of MS that may also cause fatigue syndrome include chronic pain, emotional disorders like anxiety and depression, anemia, reduced physical fitness, being overweight or obese, reduced thyroid, thyroid function, sleeping issues like insomnia, sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, diabetes, infections, and so on. So, Lots of things can cause fatigue to become onset and troublesome. So, Not everyone experiences fatigue the same way, and the feeling can be difficult to explain to others. In general, there's two types of MS fatigue. A general feeling of extreme tiredness and muscular fatigue. MS fatigue is different from regular tiredness. Some people with MS describe the fatigue as 
feeling like you're weighed down and like every movement is difficult or clumsy. <clears throat> Others may describe it as an extreme jet lag or a hangover that won't go away. For others, fatigue is more mental. The brain goes fuzzy and it becomes difficult to think clearly. Fatigue may affect the eyesight as well as your ability to speak without slurring your words. Which I'm slurring my words a lot right now because my new teeth that are in, these new bottom teeth, I cannot get used to my tongue placement. It is all curled up and all over the place, causing me to deal with saliva and drool constantly. Feels like the corners of my lips are constantly wet. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's taking a bit. But of course, I had a couple sore spots already, so I had to make an appointment this morning to get my butt in there and get some adjustments made next week. But MS fatigue also dis- is distinguished by some other characteristics, like occurs on a daily basis. It often occurs in the morning, even after a good night of sleep. Tends to worsen as the day progresses. Is aggravated by heat and humidity. May come on suddenly. and Interferes with daily tasks, such as work. Pretty much interferes with everything. Uh, what can I do about it? Okay. To conserve energy, here's some tips for you. Divide large projects into smaller ones. Think about it, your day, what you have planned. Plan around it. And kind of like make the hardest things in your most fatigue-free moments. I know there many of us don't have any fatigue-free moments, but those points where you have the littlest fatigue or you want to do the most <laughs> work in my opinion, but I could be wrong. And you got to listen to your body, see how your body responds to things. Gather supplies in advance of an activity like cooking or cleaning. So you won't have to run around to find supplies while you complete the tasks. It also helps to just set up your areas, make your, work areas, your cooking areas, your cleaning areas, everything. So it's like they're ready to go, easier to grab and go on with it instead of constantly looking for the items you need, digging through stuff. And by the time you get everything you need, you're too tired to even cook or clean or whatever you got to do. Plan your shopping list in advance. I'm terrible about this. I write a shopping list. I get to the store, I'll have it in my hand and I still will walk out and forget things because I, for some reason, don't pay attention to that stupid thing that's in my hand. (laughs) Or I'll get to the other side of the store and I'll be so done with it that I'll notice I forgot something all the way on the other side of the store and I'm like, screw it. I'll get it next time. But if you can work with it, use it. (laughs) It's a definite plus. Have your groceries delivered which is nice if you live in a city. And a lot of us that live in the country don't have that option. But nowadays you do have the option to order online thanks to COVID and just go and pick stuff up and someone will bring it right out to your car, put it in your trunk for you and send you on your way. That's nice. You can do a lot of food pickup that way, restaurants and stuff. But 
cook all your meals for the week at once if possible. I always make huge amounts of stuff. It's like the first, I've been here for a couple of years now, taking care of Ma with her dementia and everything. And I always, my wife's used to it. I always make big batches of everything. I did it when it was just me and her. Because that way I could freeze a bunch. We got stuff to eat all week. Don't have to worry about it. Basically cook like two, three days out of the week. And the rest of the week is just eating leftovers. That works out great. But so yeah, just cook all your meals if you can. Or cook them enough so you got leftovers and stuff like that. Or that you can freeze stuff and put meals away for your bad days. uh, Days you don't want to cook and you just want to pull something out throw it in the microwave done over with everybody warm their own shit up and eat (laughs) organize your house so frequently used items are stored in easy to reach places excuse me this can be a thing that can irritate people if you're living with others it's like that's one thing i found out living with my my parents are the type that like they have everything where it belongs and nothing get moved, nothing get touched. And it just drives me nuts. Cause I'm the type of person. I want all my shit all over in front of me. And when I want to work on it, I want to work on it. I don't care. It's my crap. Yeah. I got a pile of craft supplies. I got a pile of computer stuff. I got a pile of comic stuff. It's like, I do all this stuff. I'm using it, <laughs> but I mean, I get to it this second, but I'm getting to it. It's like I need to have those areas where I can work on those things when I need to work on them. Instead of going somewhere, digging all the shit out, using all my energy to do that. And then by the time I get ready to work on it, I'm too beat to even think about doing it. It's, it's just dumb. Just leave me alone. Let me live my life. I enjoy it this way. Let me be this way. I don't need to have a pretty house for people to come walking through. <laughs> And just have furniture they can sit on with blankets and coverings and worry about a cat scratching something or anything like that. So I just got, I want to live. I don't want to have to think about living. I just want to live. But use wheeled carts to transport heavy items around the house. I do this everywhere. I, when I'm in the kitchen, I got my roller chair. I got my access to all my counters and tables so I can get to them all easily, which is nice. I got enough of them that I don't have to worry about just the one little counter and sink area. Uh, when I'm in the garage and when I'm in the living room, I got my tables and my carts. Uh, when I'm in the garage, I have roller shelves and roller tables, roller chairs. And I'm constantly rolling around, moving things around and it's just easier that way. Cause I can, if I have a roller table and a roller chair, I can just roll around in my chair while I'm moving that table around and I have to worry about using up energy, walking around, carrying stuff and doing that. So make sure you have good lighting. Oh, also with my yard work, I broke down and picked myself a nice little, I think it was like a $30, $40 cart, hand cart that I can just drag around. I throw all my weed whackers, my I have a five-gallon pail that I just fill full of oddball tools just in case I need a clippers, I need a saw, a handsaw, I need a chisel, a hammer, something like that, a screwdriver, whatever. It's right there in the bucket. I can just grab it, use it, 
throw it in the bucket. And then if I have some clippings and shit, some branches or anything that I have to clip off, I can toss them right in my cart with my tools and I can just drag it around instead of carrying the stuff and trying to walk with the cane. Plus you're trying to carry a pile of branches. Plus you're carrying your saw and your weed whacker and all that stuff. So that, that, that comes in super handy also. Uh, make sure you have good lighting in your home so you uh, so you're not straining to see things clearly. I love the LED lights. Uh, they're cheap. They're energy friendly. You can save a lot of money on your electric bill by changing over to the LED lights. They got a nice white glow. You don't have that. I have a lot of freaking, I don't know why my dad did it, but a lot of ultraviolet uh, shop style lights. This basement has three three or four areas of four tube lights, and half of them don't work half the time. The ones I flipped over to LED are working, but the other ones don't work half the time. Uh, I just don't understand the old style 70s and 80s lighting styles that they put in houses it makes no sense it's like you're putting stuff that you'd stick in a garage in your house and it just really plays with your eyes and messes with you but switching over to led has helped a lot is it the more white light instead of that yellow brownish light so make sure you have good lighting it doesn't hurt to pay an electrician to do a little bit of work to fix things up even though I told my uncle, Uncle Steve, if you're listening to this, <laughs> told you two years ago to get your ass out here when you have some time and do some work for us, but he never showed up. And it's like, the worst thing you can do is ask family and friends to help you out with things because they're just not going to show up. It's like, I'm, I'll pay the guy. I'm not trying to get anything done for free. I just don't want our house to burn down because we got lights that are flickering. We got wall sockets that are hanging and dangling. We got outside sockets that are just all loose. So I'd like to just make sure that I don't wake up to a fire, especially since I live in a basement and my only way out is the door at the top of stairs. So if the house ever starts on fire, me and my wife are burning to death. So, but make sure you have good lighting. It's, a plus consider using adaptive devices for dressing bathing and household chores they got all kinds of little grabber stickies and things that are shoe putter honors and sock pull-up sticks and all this stuff they got a variety of things you can pick up nowadays to help you adapt to whatever issues you got going on Keep your house cool if your fatigue tends to get worse when it's warm. And I personally would like to sleep with a fan on me all night long from a distance. But I'm limited to what I have. I got a tiny little fan next to the bed, but the stupid thing, I have it wired up and it blows right in my face, which can be annoying. I'd rather have it blowing on my body more, but I just got to do some adjustments to it. But it's... Yeah, keep your areas cool. I live in a basement, so I got a cool the coolest part of the house, so I don't have to worry too much. But I also live with an 86 year old with dementia that likes to be warm. So <laughs> when we're still in the 
end of summer and she's wanting to turn the heater on. It's like, nah, let's try this instead. <laughs> Here's some nice, uh, what you call it, long underwear that you can wear. And say, like, wear that and see how that works. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's just keep it that way. I <laughs> don't want that heater on any time sooner than we have to. I run a dehumidifier if your fatigue tends to flare up in humid weather. I got two dehumidifiers running in my basement. I fill both of them every day. They fill with water. That's all bad basements can get and houses can get with dampness. So definitely check that out. Make sure you got a humidifier or dehumidifier where you need it. I uh, use a handicap permit and park close to the building. I've gotten shit for having a handicap permit, which really pisses me off because I've had mine since 2014. And since 2014, I have used it probably no more than six times. I will look for a pot spot that's close as possible. I will not take a spot in a handicap area unless I know it's a long distance to where I'm going or if I know my body is already starting to feel issues. Because I want to conserve that energy for when I get in the building. I don't want to use all my energy getting to the building. So definitely take advantage of that. They, your doctor, neurologist, someone will set you up with that if you're in need of it. There's tons of other lifestyle changes that and remedies that can help you battle fatigue, like going to physical therapy to learn about ways to conserve your energy and to establish an exercise routine, meet with an occupational therapist to simplify tasks at work or at home, practice good sleep hygiene, seeking physical psychological counseling if you're depressed or anxious, reduced alcohol consumption, eating a healthy diet high in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats, and lean protein, Eating a vegan or plant-based diet, according to a 2016 study. But I, that study found that people with MS who followed a very low-fat, plant-based diet had a significant improvement in fatigue after 12 months. And 12 months, really? I had to wait 12 months to find out if eating a carrot and a piece of broccoli is going to make me feel better. I think I will listen to my body and eat things one at a time and see which ones affect it good and bad in my opinion so i can actually enjoy some of the stuff i eat but hey if you can do it go vegan that's fine with me uh reducing stress like yoga meditation tai chi are all excellent ways to reduce stress and engage in physical activity There's an MS fatigue scale, the MFIS, the MI, and there's an MFIS uh, thingy form you can fill out that takes five to ten minutes at a doctor's office. It includes a series of questions or statements about your physical, cognitive, and emotional health. Personally, I don't care about those. I know. I got fatigue. I got a lot of it on some days. I got a little less on other days, but I got it every freaking day. So I don't need to have a scale that's going to tell me whether my fatigue's a zero, 
to a four. <laughs> it's like, but hey, if you want to get, if your doctor needs proof or whatever, I guess you could do it. There's medications you can take, anti-inflammatory pain meds like aspirin and stuff like that. They say uh, they found that taking 100 milligrams of aspirin twice a day significantly reduced MS-related fatigue. Didn't do nothing for me. Amantadine, an antiviral drug that may help with MS fatigue. Uh, it's treatment for t- fatigue, however, is unknown. But I was on amantadine for a couple of years. Didn't do nothing for me. Armadaphanil, which is Nuvagil, or Modaphanil, which is Provigil. Our medications typically used to treat narcolepsy. They've shown some evidence of promoting wakefulness in people with MS fatigue. Iron supplements can treat anemia. Sleeping pills to treat insomnia, such as Zolpidem, which is Ambien, and Intermezo. I've heard some nightmare stories about Ambien, so I don't want it in my system. I want to go and walk night walk in the middle of the night and wake up in another town in jail or something. (laughs) Um, Multivitamins to treat nutritional deficiencies caused by a poor diet. But a lot of the multivitamins don't have what they say in them. So you got to take that into consideration, look into good medications, like good uh, side treatment medications that you know are well Put together antidepressants like fluxetine, Prozac, or bupropion. Well, butrin are known to help medications uh, to help with leg spasticity may help with fatigue. Uh, medications for urinary dysfunction if the need to use the bathroom is keeping you up at night. There's methylphenidate, Ritalin or dextrophetamine, which is dexedrine, which are normally used to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, and narcolepsy. They may be used to improve wakefulness and increase energy. I asked for Adderall. My first neurologist gave me Ritalin. I asked for Adderall again. He increased my Ritalin, asked again, increased again. I went off it for a while. Next time I said it again, put me right back on it. So that's when you say, hey, asshole, listen to me. But yeah, check out, do what you can for your fatigue symptoms. That's my next MS specialist appointments coming up in a week and a half or so. And the two things we will be discussing is pain and fatigue medications just to try some new things out. So I'll let you know how those go, but. Yeah, I'm running out of time, so be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Check out the 200th episode of Crimson Color Comic Club this weekend, and we will get back to you sometime soon.